Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Matrix Green Pill podcast. I am Namita Thakkar and today I'm looking forward to welcoming our guest of the week on the show. Samir GP is an executive and career coach who has this unique ability to let his clients shine with authenticity by providing them with practical tools and strategies. Wow, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. So let's just jump right in. Hi, Samir. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Namita. Thank you so much for having me over here today. Awesome. So can you just tell us a bit about your background, Samir? How did you become a motivational speaker and a life coach and all these things that you're doing? It was all by accident. I never thought that I would want to get into life coaching. It was a journey where I had eight different career paths. I started off by getting a degree in civil engineering. But after that, life took me to different places and I kept exploring and seeing things that I could be doing. And along the way, I actually discovered the things that I don't want to do. So I think it was a process of elimination before I found life coaching as a career. What do you think are like the key principles or strategies that are very important or you use to help, say, entrepreneurs or managers and teams in general to increase their productivity, their growth in their careers? First and foremost, a lot of people, they choose their careers from a wrong place. They choose it mostly, I feel, from a space where they're looking to either earn money or do something because they're okay with it. And in this process, what happens is they lose the opportunity to actually identify what it is that they can shine in. So one question that I often ask people is, if you didn't have to do this, what would you do? Another answer, usually it means their heart is somewhere else. A few of them say, I would not choose anything else but this. And that's when you know they've actually found their passion in life. Being productive becomes very easy when you know what it is that you really want to do. It's about efficiency and optimization after that. So I think the first step is to actually find out where is your heart really placed and are you really surrounded by people and activities that lets your heart uh, shine. And how do you approach developing a bulletproof mindset? Like what are some of common challenges people face when trying to do so? One of the biggest mindset block or limiting belief as we call it is, uh, will I be able to succeed? is a question that a lot of people have in their mind if they have to choose something else or if they have to try and venture out doing something new. And Bulletproof Mindset is always about when you're going to try out something new, right? When you're trying to either scale up or challenge the status quo or whatever that is. What they need is somebody to go along with them to process their thoughts. And what I've always found is our friends and our parents and family, they have the best of intentions always, you know, to support us, whoever that is. But they might not have always the best of strategies. As a coach, I have been diving into this world for the past eight, nine years right now. And I still am learning new things because I'm always looking for new tools. So it really amazes me how people who don't have these tools are really supporting somebody else. So building a bulletproof mindset is about having First and foremost, the right kind of intentions, the right kind of thought process. And once we have a clear intention of where we want to arrive at, just as a matter of processing the belief systems that we hold and making sure that whatever we are choosing is validated from all sides. You know, the example of the elephant where there is this eight blind men and they keep holding different parts of the elephant and the one who holds the tail says, oh, it's a rope. The leg says, oh, it's like a trunk, it's a tree. What happens is each person is seeing only where they are from. You know, the perspective is only from where they are. The moment they're able to distance themselves, detach themselves from experience and then go look from afar and process everything 
by looking at all the different angles, by holding, let's say, from the metaphor of the elephant, holding the trunk and the rope and the nostril, which looks like a pipe. After you process all of this, then take a decision, makes it more impactful. Then you get to see the big picture, right? After that. Yeah, correct. Absolutely right. What are some of the key elements of, say, effective team communication? And how do you teach these skills in your workshops or training programs? That's a beautiful question. Conversations or communication, what I always say is a muscle. It's like you go to the gym one day and you come back. You don't really become strong in your muscles or arms. You have to do this regularly. So the more you do it, the more you become stronger. The same is with conversations. The moment we realize that effective conversation is a muscle that we have to constantly practice, and then it's about going and seeing back what's working and what's not. And if a relationship, for example, is struggling, it means the conversation over there is struggling. How they communicate with each other is struggling. A lot of times, they probably don't have, again, like I said earlier, the right tools to look at how the conversation is playing. And the moment they realize that, for example, in a conversation, there could be a lot of expectations that are being set. Some of them are set, some of them are unset. Expectations always is not something that is an empowering feeling, right? Like if somebody keeps an expectation out of you, how would you feel, Namita? Yeah, true. It do feel pressurized, of course, yeah. If a parent has expectations from their child, if a boss has expectations from their subordinates, if an employee has expectations from their colleagues, there is a lot of sense of pressure because of which the relationship is not thriving. So communication is about understanding, for example, one tool I can share over here with the audience is Stop setting expectations. So difficult, right, in today's world. And a lot of people say that, that it is very difficult. But the only thing is, when you stop something, you have to also replace it with something else. What would you replace that with? So you used to following a certain template that I can't think of any alternative as well at the moment. Yeah, I mean, healthy expectations, but you tell me. So if you want to replace expectations with something that is a win-win situation for both, the thing that we have to set is, instead of expectations, what we should set is agreements. An agreement is always a two-way conversation. An expectation is always a one-way conversation. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And when we start setting agreements, which means asking the right questions and understanding each other's context and then arriving at an agreement that works for both, it makes the relationship thrive. And that is just one of the tools that we have within conversations or communications and how we can actually build things. And it's just this awareness. We might know this, but having this at a conscious level actually elevates things. Absolutely. No, no. Well said. I think post-COVID, especially in organizations, communication is definitely becoming very challenging because of the whole hybrid working culture now. And we don't see each other face to face that often. So definitely, I mean, a lot has to be worked upon when it comes to communication. What do you have to say about that? What changes have you seen post the pandemic? And are there any specific tools that you thought would now need to introduce or put in place, especially with the way things have changed post COVID? During COVID, there was a company in Jordan who was really struggling with team members. Now, this was an IT company over there, and they had people all working remotely. And they were faced challenges in how they were communicating with each other during COVID, and relationships were struggling, and they were about to lay off a few people as well. And that's when they reached out to me and said they want to run one of my programs, which is a 30-day program, which includes training and coaching around conversations. By the end of the program, the people that they were about to fire, they realized the ones who were taking those initiatives and thinking this subordinate of mine is not listening to me suddenly realized that they had to change something about the way they spoke as leaders. And that was a game changer for them because suddenly they started realizing there's so many nuances to having better conversations. The moment they actually had better conversations, their relationship, their productivity and everything went up through the roof. 
And they started to realize this is not a one pill solution, as you would call it. It's a pill that you have to take probably every single day and you have to keep reminding yourself in your awareness that we got to work on this relationship constantly. And the only way to do it is by having better conversations, better communication with each other. Absolutely. I mean, it all really, actually speaking, if you think about it, boils down to communication. I mean, the tone you're using, the style, the language, and uh, there are so many changes that could possibly happen if you can change your style of communicating with the other person. And that's something we don't even think of. If you think about people who are suffering from mental health problems or issues, a lot of times it stems from the way they communicate with themselves. They are undermining themselves or is it something to do with that? So there's a lot of negative self-talk that might be happening, which over a period of time, when you're doing it over and over and over again, it becomes the wrong pill that you're taking. It becomes the wrong medication that you're taking for your own mental health. Yes, so true. I think that's what happened during the pandemic. Suddenly we saw all these cases of mental illnesses started and depression and, you know, suicidal thoughts and those kind of things. It's probably because of lack of communication at that time with your loved ones. So again, it just boils down to communication. Absolutely, yes. It is about when you say suicidal thoughts, that thought is also a processing that we have. It's a conversation that we're having with our inner self. There is an inner voice that we have always inside us with whom we are always in constant dialogue. There is a story of an old American Cherokee who goes and tells his son, there are two wolves inside you. The one, there is a good wolf and the bad wolf. And uh, they're constantly listening and they're always fighting. And the son asks, so which one wins? And the Grand Cherokee, he says, the one you feed. Okay, so that was an interesting conversation. Just coming back to what you do. And I was very curious of this term awesome planner. So I just thought like our listeners should know a bit about that. What is it? And how does that help individuals focus on high performance in all areas of life? A lot of times what also happens is you set goals, you think at the beginning of the year, or any time of the year, you know, you want to start doing this, you want to start crushing your goals, you want to achieve so many things in life. And then you tend to lose your sight of why you're doing what you're doing, and then you go back to your old ways. So the planner was designed in such a manner that even had a planner for someone who will keep you accountable, meaning it had an accountability planner along with the planner for yourself. So which means they would keep you accountable and remind you of the things that you said to yourself that you would want to achieve. So it's a very comprehensive program that actually allows you to choose your goals by identifying what is your why and understanding where it is coming from and what is it that you want to really achieve across in life and having the whole perspective. And it's a planner that is not dated. So for example, people can start today and use the planner for the next 100 days of their life and then set themselves goals. And I do run programs around that as well. So it's something that I do bespoke uh, for people who are looking to reset their lives. Amazing. So just to make it a bit more relatable for our listeners, is there any success story or case study that you can share about teams or individuals who have used this planner to improve their productivity and achieve their goals? If your listeners were to go to LinkedIn and look at the testimonials over there, they see people who have actually started learning French or a new language they learned that they always wanted to do or somebody who really wanted to run a marathon and they went and achieved that. So many goals in life that they kept at the back burner. I have another client right now who have been keeping doing her lab exams for her dental to get certifications. That is something that she's been keeping off for, uh, I think, about 10, 15 years now. Not lab, it's another exam that she wants to get certification from the UK. She's kept that pending. And the moment she had this conversation and she started diving deep into what is it that she really wants, she suddenly set a deadline. She put a timeline. She said, I'm going to do this by this date. And the moment you have a date 
for something that you wish for, it really becomes a goal, right? Absolutely, yeah. Goal without a deadline is just a dream. And if you don't have a deadline, then it just keeps, you know, something like oh, you want to have it today. But... Setting smart goals, basically, yeah. Yeah, I call it smarter, actually. So, you know, smart goals, right? So the E and the R is, the R is setting for yourself a reward. A lot of people don't set rewards for themselves when they achieve a goal. And I tell them, you know, you can set any reward you want. It can be something, for example, something as simple as a biryani. Yeah, that just motivates you to achieve your goals. That's so true. But the catch is also you don't have a biryani for the next 100 days. Of course. Yeah, otherwise, what's the point? Otherwise, if you can access it anytime, then it's not a reward anymore, right? So choose anything that you feel it's a reward. It can be a trip. It can be a watch. It can be a dinner at some nice fancy restaurant. Samir, without any spoilers, can you tell us a bit about your book, Awesome Cup, and the story it tells about what we spoke, the power of conversations and relationships? Awesome Cup is a book that I wrote, and believe it or not, I wrote that book in 30 days. Wow. But the reason I wrote that in 30 days was very clear to me because it was my own mortality was staring in my face. I could be gone any moment. There is no guarantee I will live for the rest of my life for the next 20, 30, 50 years. I'm just 46 right now, but there's no guarantee I'm going to live for another 30. I wanted to have a message for my children when they grow up. I have two boys and I wanted something that when they grow up, they can read. And I wanted to write it as quickly as possible so that the message is not lost. The book is about five friends who come together. And I wanted to write in an engaging manner so that anyone would find it to read and understand. It's a story of five friends who come together for a college reunion and they spend two days together. And in the process of two days, one of the friends has become a coach and he shares the tools of how to have better conversations in life. Interesting. So he reflects on life. He reflects on all those other four friends have gone through different scenarios in their life. And he brings meaning to those scenarios and experiences that they have had through his reflections. So it's completely a made up story, but uh, there are so many elements of things that I've learned along the way in life. Can you share one quick lesson out of the book? One quick lesson out of the book, Awesome Cup. Awesome Cup stands for, is a metaphor for the mind. Okay. So the cup is a metaphor for the mind. So imagine you had a cup and you fill it with something and it is full and you want to fill something more. What would happen? Yeah, it will just overflow, spill. It will overflow, right? So if you want to fill something in it, what is the first thing you have to do? Empty it a bit to allow some space. Same with the mind. So if you want to fill somebody's mind with ideas, you don't start by telling them because while you tell them what will happen is it will just overflow because they already have their own ideas. So the first step in having a conversation is always by asking because by asking what you do is you empty their mind and create space for them to hold your ideas. Very interesting. Well said. I'm sure our listeners are going to catch their copies of the book. I'm looking forward to reading it as well. So coming back to this, Samir, how do you stay up to date with the latest trends, research in the fields of, say, uh, personal development, leadership, productivity? Oh, I'm constantly reading. I'm constantly learning. I just came back from the mom of the Rashid Library right now. I was browsing through the entire uh, leadership books over there, the sale. Like I said earlier, if we are on a path that allows us to shine if it's something that we are passionate about. And everyone should be in that manner, I think. Then we will never stop learning. I have a, someone who was in cybersecurity, for example. That's what he finished graduating in. And I asked him this question, would you, in your spare time, read books on cybersecurity? Are you reading magazines? And he said, no, that's not something that fascinates me. So a lot of people, they end up in their professions just because they have done a four-year degree. And that makes them 
miss the real opportunity in discovering themselves. So what I always say is go out and explore as many things as possible, especially when you're young. Try out and experiment as many things as possible until you find something that makes you shine, makes you light up, makes you want to read more, learn more and realizing no matter how much you learn, it's not enough. So you keep going out there and learning more and more. It's not just about taking in a degree or certificate or something. It's about evolving and growing every day. So what are some of the most rewarding experiences you've had in your career? so far? I will uh, share with you a few of them. One of the initiatives that I started called Turning Point. Turning Point is an initiative that I do every Monday. Every Monday, uh, 7.30 Dubai time to 9 p.m., what I do is I open my Zoom and people are free to join in. And one person takes a hot seat. And then I help them through a problem that they're going through by not giving them any solutions, but by actually giving them questions. And when they start answering, they find their own answers. And they start realizing they're so resourceful already. They already have all the answers. And sometimes it's just our own belief systems or our own way of looking at it that sees the door and which in their mind, which they're not able to open. So they feel like it's a dead end wall, the situation that they're facing in life. And suddenly when they see it's not a wall, it's a door, they can open it and they can walk through it. It becomes amazing. I can share with you one story that happened over here that there's so many, I mean, but one that was really uh, interesting and powerful was a man who was about 60, he was close to 70, he had come and he shared about how he had a big challenge in his life. And the challenge was his wife and his daughters never listened to him. It was always their way or the highway. They never listened to him. And he used to always be very angry and upset and all that stuff with them. And this is one thing that he shared. And then he said, Samir, I really feel that I am taking out all my anger on my wife and my daughters because of my mother. My mother treated me very poorly when I was a young uh, child because he had sisters and his mom always prioritized his sisters and didn't attention and demanded from him at a very young age to work and be independent and all that stuff. So he felt a lot of anger towards his mom. And his concern was he wanted to reconcile with his mom because he's been angry with his wife and daughters for the last 35 years. Yeah, so unhealed wounds, basically. And his mom passed away 40 years ago. Oh my God. And in the space of a 15-minute conversation, he was a changed man. He was healed. He was completely in sync with his mom and uh, the thoughts and everything. He realized what he must do different and how he must be with his loved ones. So the power of conversations, I feel, if we all engage in that in a very mindful manner. Conversation, I always say, is like breathing. We start doing it from the time we are born, but we are never mindful about it until we either go for yoga. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well said. Conversations are the same. We never think about conversation. We just have conversations. Okay, wow, that was powerful. Samir, we come to the last question. What are you most excited about for the future of your work? What's in store? Always excited about how my work can create a big impact on the world. So I'm always looking to see who are the game changers or who is it that really shift the trajectory of the narrative of the society that we live in. It can be one person who finds a spark and he goes and does some groundbreaking work. And I see that potential in almost everyone around me. It's just that they have to wake up to it as well. And the moment they wake up to their own potential, then they become limitless, right? And what we can create in our society is absolutely amazing. Amazing. So with that, we have come to the segment of our show called Rapid Fire. It's our version of a game show. And just like the name suggests, I'm going to ask you some questions. And whatever is the first thing that comes to your mind, you got to say it. Okay. Okay, cool. What keeps you motivated? Conversations. 
Oh, nice. What is that one quote or belief that you stand by? Find a job you love to do and you'll not have to work one day in your life. Oh, nice. Who has created a great impact on your life? The greatest impact was created by an author called Ayn Rand when I read her book called The Fountain. Okay. What is that one piece of advice you would like to give to the Google generation? Be authentic. Find what it is that you truly stand for, believe in, not from the outside, but from the inside. Align your thoughts, feelings and actions and behavior and everything and be in congruence. That will allow your authenticity to shine. Brilliant. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. You did really well. Before we wrap up, we want to ask you about your green pill moment. So Samir, what was your green pill moment? The action or event that was the turning point for you or your career? My green pill moment was when I was, for the first time in 2016, I had no clue where I wanted to go, what I want to do. I had just given up on my sixth or seventh career at that point. And I was planning to move to Turkey just because I love the country and nothing else. And then uh, there was a bomb blast. And then there was a situation where there was a few people who are not allowed to travel there. So I went and did a program in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And when I did the program on the day third, we were supposed to practice one of the modalities with our participants, you know, who were also with us. And he had a breakthrough. And I was like, I'm just a student over here. And then I remember while the program was going on, I, in the middle of it, when no one was looking, obviously, I just stood up, looked up into the sky and I just spoke to God and said, God, thank you. This is what I was born to do. And I found my calling finally, you know, I was going through so much of wandering in life, trying to figure out what I truly wanted to do. And then that moment where I realized life was preparing me for this role all along. And everything that happened before that was me getting ready for the work that I was going to do henceforth. That moment was a truly green pill moment for me. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And also thank you for sharing your some fantastic and compelling story with us today. I'm sure our audience is going to love this conversation as much as I have. But before we say goodbye, can you tell our listeners where they can find and follow you? They can find and follow me on LinkedIn. Definitely my website, samirgpe.com, S-A-M-I-R-G-E-E-P-E-E.com. There's only one GP in uh, LinkedIn with that surname. Sure, we're going to put that in the show notes as well. But thank you so much, Samir. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much and wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Sumitra. You have been a great host. Thank you so much. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.